and I believe this is that I believe that we're in a great season in our church, and God's got some great things for people. And sometimes, unless you have direction, you don't know where you're going. And so this morning, I just want to kind of give you a compass, but everything starts with the heart. How many of you know that? Everything you have starts with your heart. And that's what I want to talk to you about today, just about your heart. And I believe your greatest days are ahead of you. How many believe that? How many of you want your greatest days to be right ahead of you? Okay, I need some participation this morning, all right? Uh, Let me give you some good news so you get excited. Last week at our Eunice campus, Pastor Jamie had five people he was going to baptize, and two people didn't show up, so he was down to three, okay? And that night they had a leak. That, the night before that, they had a leak. He, got a, he called me at 9 o'clock. He said, man, we got a leak in the baptismal. So they were working in the baptismal, and, you know, and what happened is that morning they, they baptized the three, and then he just opened it up. By the time they were done, they baptized 19 people. Come on. They had four people get saved, and so it was awesome. Last week I was in Crowley, and, and let me just tell you, God is just adding incredible, incredible people. I met a, a great couple last week that, you know, they, 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 they have uh, some fo- young couple. They, they have foster children. They're fixing to adopt, and Zach and Claire were excited because they really feel like God's called them. I met a girl there that had just finished Bible college and from Kansas City, and, and she said, man, when you came and you started talking about having revival and, 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 and what God was doing, and she said, man, you remind me of my pastor that I was there in Kansas City. I've been looking for people, you know, and she says, but I'm coming next week. This is our church. And so they, they have a couple that was from, uh, graduated from Bible college. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's bad. Sometimes you go to seminary to, and you only find out it's a cemetery. There's a lot of dead things happening. But uh, this morning, I just believe that God wants to do something incredible. Before we do anything, I want us to stop. And the Bible says to pray for our leaders. And I think of our vice president, Joe Biden, lost his son last night with brain cancer. And I just want to stop and just pray. It doesn't matter what your political views are. That's ridiculous at this moment. I think about, you know, in 1970, he lost his wife, and he lost a little 18-month-old little girl. And so now losing another child, I mean, it's just not the order of things. And so can we just stop and just pray that God, and listen, you know what? I believe this. God will send his people. God will send his man, God will send his woman, and speak words of comfort and words of strength. And you just, we don't know what God is up to in that family. You know what I'm saying? So let's just pray. Father, we just pray. We, we pray for our vice president, Joe Biden, and his family, and his daughter-in-law that lost her husband, Bo, and, and Father, that little boy and that little girl that lost their daddy, and Lord, brothers and sisters that lost their brother. And Lord, we pray, you said that you are the God of all comfort, and, Lord, we thank you that you would bring your comfort that, that passes our own, under, our own intellect, our own understanding. And, Father, we just come and we just pray. Lord, we, we, I just know if, it was, if, if I was in that situation, God, I, I, I just don't know what I, how I would react. But, Father, we pray that he would feel the, literally the peace, your peace, God. Your peace, Jesus, be upon them and his wife and his family. And we pray that, God, that you would... Use this for good somehow. You would turn it around. With the, the, the enemy means for evil. The Bible says you turn things around. And, Lord, we thank you that you, you are able to do that in Jesus' name. And everybody said. Amen. If you will, turn with me to the book of Proverbs because I want to get started here. I have some, I have some ground I want to cover. But I really, I really feel like God has this word for us. And, you know, and everything starts with the heart. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 and verse 23. It's actually written by, uh, this book is written by Solomon, who was David's son. He asked for wisdom. How many of you need a little wisdom sometimes in your life? How many of you have had stupid written on your forehead before you met the Lord? And some of you go, you know, sometimes I still got it written, even though I need, I need direction. I need correction to bring direction. So the Bible says right here in verse, in verse 20, it says, My child, pay attention what I say. And listen what it says, listen carefully to my words. Now, what he's saying here when he says listen, how many of you sometimes husbands have your wife said, you know, we've been talking, but you haven't been? All right. You got that, 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 that funky look in your eyes, you know, like you're acting like you're listening, but you're, you're somewhere. You're, you're on the pond fishing. You're hunting. You're just, you know, you know what I'm talking about. 
and wives. And so what, what he's saying here, Solomon is really saying, he says, listen, this isn't just about your ears listening. This is about your heart. This is about your spirit. Everything that's in you, you need, to be, you need to be concentrated on this. And this is what he says. He says, don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate. He says, let them penetrate deep into your heart. Whose words are we talking about? The words of life. He says, for they bring life to those who find them, healing to their, own, their whole body. And this is what it says right here. It says, guard your heart above all else. What does it say? Above what? All else. Guard your heart. It says, for it determines the course of your life. You know what? You allow your, your heart is like a gate. There's a gate on your heart. And if you open the gates... And you allow things in it that don't need to be there. It will guide you and lead you to places you don't want to go and things you don't want to deal with. How many of you know I'm talking about? How many of you have opened up your heart, the gates of your heart at, at times in your life, and all of a sudden you begin to see things that were ugly, things that were shameful, things that you go, wait, how did I, how did I get there? Maybe you spent a little too much time reading on the Internet. Maybe you spent a little too much time listening to conversation and you opened your heart. And what happens is when we open our heart to things that shouldn't be there, you know what? It, there's consequences that are involved with that. But I believe this. When you open your heart to the Lord, he will guide you, he will lead you, and he will direct you to the very place he wants you to be at. How many of you believe that? And so what we have to be willing to do is go, we have to stand guard over our heart. My real name is Howard. It means chief guardian. That's what my, my name means, okay? Bubba means brother, okay? So I'm a brother at the gate. I'm a watchman over this place. Pastor Josh, pastors are called watchmen. We are supposed to watch what comes in this town. And what, you know what? As, as pastors, we shouldn't walk in fear. You know, there's a lot of legislation. There's a lot of things happening in our world and politics. And let me tell you, it's not a time to shrink back. And it's not a time to fear. It's a time to rise up because I believe God's greatest outpouring that we've ever seen in, our, in the history of America is about to happen. You know, I, you know, I believe this. You don't know. Let, let me say, you know, well, what do you think, Pastor? Is it a river? I think it's a revival that we've never seen. We've only dreamed of. You know, you can read the Great Awakenings with Charles Finney. You can read about Billy Sunday. You can watch Billy Graham. You can see all those great things. That was for that generation. But God has something great for this generation. But we have, an, we have to have an expectation for a God kind of visitation. And listen, it's not about a river anointing. It's about, listen, in order to have a river, you've got to be overflowing. See, if you, it's not just flowing. You've got to be overflowing. You know, you see all the floods in Texas and what's going on. My heart goes out to the people there. I mean, I've read stories this week where somewhat my wife was telling me a story. They were, two couples are in vacation home, and they got swept, and the house broke in the bridge, and everybody drowned except one guy. Lost his wife and his children, and the whole couple, another couple was there, lost their family. You know, if you're not careful, the floods of this world will take you places and drown you. But if you're, listen, I want to be like a live fish swimming against the currents of this culture Are you hearing me? Instead of being like a dead fish floating downstream with everybody else. Because God doesn't want us to give us away dead religion. God wants to give us away the power of the gospel. The gospel brings freedom. When, When people's opinions become more important than the gospel, that's when you have a dead church and dead people. Are you hearing me? Listen, we don't have votes around here on church. How are we going to do things? We're not going to vote on the color of the chairs or the the things. We'll pray. We'll believe God. Because let me tell you, if you don't vote on me, I won't vote on you. How's that? All right. We we can be agreement. But what happens with the heart, in in the 1600s, there was a guy named William Harvin. He started doing some tests about the revolution. And it caused a revolution in medical knowledge. And what happened, he discovered that blood pumped by the heart, circulates through the body, and it began to circulate, you know, it, it goes. And every 60 seconds, your blood travels. Think about this. Every 70,000 miles of veins, arteries, and capillaries. How I many you know that's a lot of miles? And all of a sudden, what happens is to do this, your heart has to beat approximately 100,000 times in a day. Aren't you glad you don't have to tell your heart, beat, buddy? Because what happens, and keep in, keep, and this is what Solomon, he's saying all this, he's talking about the heart, and Solomon says this, is for out of, out of it are the issues of life. It's not, it's not psychologically talking, it's, he's talking 
spiritually. He's saying this, the problem man has today is that people have spiritual heart disease. How many of you know we have heart disease in our society? What we used to consider is good, you know what I'm saying? Now, I mean, people, I mean, you see it, but the Bible even says, gives us warning in the last days, people are going to say, hey, you know what? You know, that's a good thing, but it's really a bad thing. And that, that, that's a bad thing, but it's really a good thing. They had a pastor just was arrested, and he was kept in jail for 11 hours last week because he went open air and preached, and he said the name of Jesus. And someone came along and said that he said some certain words, and I'm not going to get into all that. He said identifying certain people. But what the cool thing is the pastor, when he was preaching, recorded what he was saying. And the person that accused him of saying what he was saying, they left him in jail for 11 hours. And then he goes, he goes hey, I got it all on tape. No, we're not listening to that. We don't believe it. It's on tape. Well, it's not on tape anymore. It's not Memorex anymore. It's, it's, it's your phone. So finally they listened to it and they realized the person accused him of what he said. He didn't really say it. So they released him. Are you hearing me? We're living in days like that. You see, Matthew says it like this. Matthew 15. Are y'all with me? He says, for, see, so from the heart come evil thoughts. How many of you ever, I, I, I'll just be brutally honest. There are times that I've read my Bible and I have these thoughts that are evil thoughts come to my mind. That doesn't mean I got to hold on to them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But I have to, how many of you ever just like, man, I'm going to, I'm believing God for a breakthrough. I'm believing for that. And all of a sudden these thoughts that you weren't even thinking about just begin to bombard your heart. I heard one guy goes, he got arrested. He goes, but I was hearing voices. How many of you know we all hear voices every day? Okay. How many of you hear voices every day? We all do. Oh man, you're creepy. We all hear voices, whether or not we heed to the voice or we allow that voice to continue. Because some people believe voices that they hear. You're not going to amount to anything. You'll never be like this. You'll never accomplish this. But see, that what we need is we need to, we need to learn that there's different voices. There's the voice of our own, of our own. All our insecurities. How many got a few insecurities? Okay. I told my wife, I wasn't going to walk in insecurity. I said, man, you are just lucky to be married to such a good-looking man like me. <laughs> I did. I told her that. She goes, that's right. <laughs> Why live in insecurity? Come on. Some of y'all looked in the mirror and you go, oh, God. Help it out. Whatever that is. Whoever that is. You know what? The Bible says, you know, that you're fearfully and wonderfully made by the hand of God. Don't let people put ugly on what God made. Come on, you're, you're, you're a work of art. You go, oh, yeah. With a few Oreos, too. Anyway. <laughs> let me get back to preaching. The heart, there's evil thoughts that come. That's where murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, slander, these are what defile you. In other words, if you listen to those voices and you allow those things to get in your heart and you begin to hide those things, it will lead you places you don't ever want to go. And it'll keep you longer than you want to stay. Come on. It'll make you do things you never dreamed of doing. You see, what he's saying, from murder to blasphemy, Evil originates in the heart. You see, Deuteronomy says it like this. When he took Moses out and he goes, Moses, he says, man, your descendants. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? I promised them and I'd make their, I'd give them, I would give their descendants like the stars of the heavens. And I'm going to do this with this people. And he says, your greatest days. Look what Deuteronomy, it just says, and may the Lord, the God of your ancestors, multiply you a thousand times more and bless you as he promised. Can I just say something? I'm going to say it anyway. I shouldn't be asking you permission. I'm just saying. How many of you, if someone came to you and said, I want to bless you, how many of you say, come on, bring it on? Bring it on. You know, you see these shows where they give people houses or they, you know, they do all these different things. You go, oh, man. But, you know, sometimes I believe, you know what? What if we had a, like, God-revealed TV? 
And God says, yo, you think it looks like this, but whomp. And, he, and you go, ah! People cry. That's natural stuff. But how about what God, God's got something good for you. Look at your neighbor. He said, God wants to bless you. Now tell him this. Quit holding back. And see, when I say that, somebody, oh, that means money. That means this. No, how about his presence? That's better than money. That's better than a thick wad. See, I believe this. I believe that you got to guard your heart. See, because your heart, that's where the blood flows through. That's where everything happens. It runs through it. And here's a question. How's your heart? Come on. I'm not talking about your natural heart. I'm talking about your spiritual heart. How's your heart? Is the life of God running through your heart? You see, I believe this. You got, the Bible says guard your heart. How many you know many giants are after your heart? I think about David. I think about David and Goliath. It's kind of like you got giants coming at you like a Goliath. Remember Goliath was saying all this stuff to David? He was going, your mama. David got personal, you uncircumcised Philistine. I'm like, how'd he know? But anyway, <laughs> it's true. He said that. Goliath said, you coming to me with sticks? Am I a dog? I said, go get it, Fido, because I'm going to knock you out in Jesus' name. You know what I mean? And we know what happened. But see, we have giants like that. But Philistine means sameness. That's what it means. Staying the same. See, when we allow a giant to speak to us, and it grips us in fear, we stay the same. <gasps> and sameness begets lameness, and lameness begets tameness. That's good. You need to write that down. <laughs> See, what happens when you become tame, you become lame. And that's where a lot, that's what happens to church people sometimes. Can I just be honest with you? Because it's never about church. It's about a relationship with the God of heaven, that he wants to reveal himself. He wants to reveal his kingdom to you. He wants to, re- he wants to re- release his power. He wants to release healing. He wants to release overcoming spirit. Yet you become an overcomer no matter what you face. You know, there's some, I believe there's some people in here that you've allowed the giants to speak so loud, you feel like you can't overcome anymore. But it's not about you anyway. It's about you going, God, help me. God, help me. Say it with me. Say, God, help me. Guard your heart. Got to guard your heart. Many giants. There's, can I, there's no victories at bargain prices. Victory, in order to have a victory, it's going to cost you something. You ever hear them on the news? Well, Russia has so-and-so bombers, and now America, we got these fighter jets. and We, we try to just kind of do all our strength stuff. I, when I read the Old Testament, God says, look, I'll do the fighting for you. And the Bible says that God threw rocks at them from heaven. And the Bible says God killed more with his rocks than the men with their sword. I'm like, come on, Jesus, show up. You know, in the Israeli... War in, in, in 1967, they had clouds of dust and sand and the Egyptians and all the, the Arabian armies came out there, little Israel. And it was, a, it was a short war, seven days. And they came out of it. They said our eyes were, something bright came in our eyes and we had sand. And the Israel army destroyed the other armies. Why? I mean... I want to be on God's side. I don't know about you, but I want to be on the right side. Because God can work miracles. And see, you you got to protect your heart. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. See, you have to have heart health so you don't have a heart attack. See, spiritually, there's a lot of people, they allow fear and it gives them a heart attack. (gasps) You You ever heard that term, gripped with fear? It's like you're walking all of a sudden. <gasps> you get some bad news and all of a sudden, <gasps> you start resorting. Oh, my God, what do we do? This is going to happen. <laughs> you know what the first thing you can do? Don't send an email. Get on knees. And say, God, they saying this, but you know what? I'm believing you. And listen, if you don't speak in tongues, you might want to learn how to speak in tongues. And let me tell you, heaven, God don't speak in tongues. He understands every tongue because he made them all. And see, I believe this is that 
I believe that Matthew, see, if your heart is not healthy, it can affect your whole body. Matthew 15, 8. Are y'all with me? These people honor me with their lips. How I many you know people give you lip service sometimes? But their hearts are far from me. God works from the inside out. You know what God loves doing? God loves doing the inside job on you and me. He, he wants to just come in and go, all right. And you say, God, have your way. Oh, that's good. I'm going to. You give me permission, I'm going to start working on you. I'm going to start dealing with your attitude. I'm going to help you learn a little patience. I'm going to help you learn this. And you just list it. You can talk about the fruits of the Spirit. I believe you can't be filled with the Holy Spirit until you got the fruits of the Spirit. And when you, got, when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you begin to live the fruits of the Spirit without even trying. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so I've met some mean people. They speak in tongues, but they ain't got no fruits. So I'm like, ooh. Got tongues of devils, but anyway, just let me quit meddling and going back to the word. Four things that come out of an unhealthy heart, and I want to talk about that this morning. Number one, a jealous heart. What do you mean? What do you mean? I believe this is that what happens when you're when you have a jealous heart, you're motivated by fear and insecurity. You're motivated by that. <gasps> what do we do? Ah, ooh, ah. And what happens is. You know, it, it, it's, remember the story of Cain and Abel. Remember, Cain got jealous because God received Abel's offering, but Abel was doing what God had told him to do and how to do it. And see, I believe this. How long will you allow your pride to be victorious over your need? Can I just say that again? That's good. How long will you allow your pride to be victorious over your need? Because I believe revival comes when churches and people get honest. That's when revival comes. It comes when you go, that's me, God. I messed up. I've lied. I've done this. I've, I haven't told the truth. God, I stole something. All of a sudden, revival, all of a sudden, what was there at the beginning begins to come back. And it's like God begins to give you CPR, and he begins to breathe his breath in you like he breathed it on Adam. Because, see, the way you overcome a jealous spirit, someone give me a hanky. I got a, I got a runny nose. I don't know why, but motive, you, you become motive, you overcome by self. You know how you become, can, can I blow my nose? <laughs> nothing, nothing stringy came out. Anyway, just, just for you that want to know. Uh, um, you know how you overcome jealousy? You, you, you learn to celebrate with other people, especially the people who have been jealous over you. You know, there's times when there's been people I know that didn't like me. I already forgave them. But I've learned, you know, sometimes it's need to celebrate when they get good news. So they know. That's how you overcome. That's, why you, that's how you don't let it get inside of you. The second thing is you got to watch a thing that's unhealthy is a competitive heart. You know, you try to one up on people. Every time you compare, you just compare yourself. God will say, he's going to be like this. Where are you? Kind of like he did with Adam. Where are you? Because he put, you know why? You know why he was saying, Adam, where are you? Because Adam put a different image on himself when God came to him. He didn't look the same. And what happens is you overcome a competitive heart by being, by by being generous hearted. See, uh, what happens is the problem comes when you are more in love with your position than the heart. See, there's some people that are more in love with their ideas and their position, and they can't give in. You, you'll be isolated in your insecurities. You ever meet people that are just isolated in their insecurities? They walk around, hey, what, what, I look good. How's my hair? And you tell them something, they go do what you tell them, and then they don't like it, and they were doing it because they were insecure, and they didn't. The third thing is, is a selfish heart. You talk about others negatively. If you're uncomfortable with who you are, others will be with, others will be uncomfortable with you too. See, the selfish heart is based in pride. No one wants to follow or be with someone who thinks they're better than everyone else. How many of you got people like that you're around in your life sometimes? You know how you overcome that? Just being generous hearted. Saying a kind word. 
giving a generous gesture. And the last one, to have an unhealthy heart, is a critical heart. Always finding fault with others, just don't measure up to their standards. They're critical of leadership. See, let me just say this. Your heart will just expose who you are. People don't want to be, be reined in by someone who sees a cloud around everybody's silver lining. You know what I'm saying? You ever, you're sharing good news, and they go, well, you know. That's where you just go, can I just enjoy this moment? Some people are so hard, if you slapped them, I think God would say Amen. I preached at a church one time. It was my first time to preach there. And God said to me, it's my first time too, Bubba. You'll get that later. <laughs> Love truth. Speak in truth. But not with a critical spirit. You and I can guard things with the help of the Holy Spirit. So that's what we need. We need to go, wait a minute. And let the Holy Spirit be our guide. One thing I learned about a guide, he takes you to a place. It's a picture of a place you want to be. And when you get to that place, you have ideas what you want to see when you get there. How many of you I'm talking about? Because when I take guys on hunting trips and I'm a guide, I mean, they're going, hey, how many of y'all killed yesterday? What y'all do? Yeah. Oh, man. And I start showing them pictures. Oh, we're going to get more than that. I brought one of my best friends. He goes, how many, what's the most people someone killed this year? We're going to get more than that. He's so caught when we did, by one. But it didn't matter. He beat everybody. But the thing is, is that, you know, for us, if you can't follow man's instructions, you'll never follow God's instructions. See, when I've learned to be a guide, people got to learn to listen. Hello. Can I tell you something? I've had guys where I've taken them out and have a guy that's a businessman, very successful, and we were on this this levee, and the geese were coming this way, and I said, look, man, you got to get down in that levee, and I remember, and I said, you got to watch your barrel, and he goes, whoa, 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 I said, watch your barrel, and so, and he kept doing it, we get up, shoot, and everything, get excited, you know, when the guys, they're like little kids, men, they're like kids, man, we're bump, bumping, chest bumping, you know, come on, baby, we're getting, they're joking, and all this stuff, all of a sudden, he rises up, and he goes, boom, and the gun goes, boom, and the barrel mushrooms. What happened? I said, you got mud in your gun because you didn't listen. Couillon? I didn't say that. In my spirit, I did, but the Holy Spirit was helping me. I've been with a guy one time. He's a pastor friend of mine. And I, he wanted to borrow a gun. I still hadn't gotten it back. It was the first gun I ever got, a 410 at Kmart on uh, right there in Lake Charles. What's the street right there? Ryan Street. I remember going to Kmart with me and my brother, Todd. My dad bought us each a 410 single barrel, H&R, you know, all that, you know, hammer. And I, and I tell him, you got to watch your son, man. He keeps, watch that gun. Blew the barrel. What happened? Got mud in the barrel, man. I've had people almost kill me. Even my own son almost killed me. I almost sacrificed him like Isaac. And I said, you better. It was like that, that commercial, don't you tell your mama either. First thing, mom, I almost killed dad. But anyway, just, what? You know. No, she wasn't like that. It didn't happen that way. See, we, this is what we need to realize. We will rely on God's power and not man's methods. We will rely on God's power and not what we did before. You see, brokenness involves moving inappropriate pride and self-reliance and building a healthy God-reliance. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. So we're talking about the unhealthy, but how many of you know you can get all the warnings, like all the stuff, what you're doing? But how many of you know we all need good news? Because that's what the gospel is about, good news. You were messed up, you were diseased, you were all this stuff, but let me give you the good stuff. When you give your life to God, this is what's going to happen. It's like, I'll get, how, many, how many of you like good news? I'll give you some good news. I went to the doctor two weeks ago, and um, they, did, they watched your calcium in your blood, and some of you don't know, I've been dealing with cancer for four and a half years, different kinds, and um, this is for my multiple myeloma, and a healthy 
calcium rate in your blood is 1.94. That's good. That's healthy. It's where they want you to be. Mine in January was 33, so that's not good. But I went two weeks ago, and it was 1.96. And I looked at the doctor. I said, you think this could be God? And she goes, it could be. But she says, actually, your blood was taken three weeks before that. It's probably better than that right now. So that's God. Sure, I believe, listen, medicine cleanses, but Jesus heals. That's what I believe. And so what happens, what I want to talk to you about is we have a reliance building on a, a healthy God reliance. Life is filled with trade-offs. How many of you know what I'm talking about? What do you mean? How many of you know when you get an old clunker, it's time to trade it off? Huh? Some of us just get sick and tired of the rattles and all those different things. And uh, Kelby was telling me something about his daddy being a mechanic, and they had a Cadillac come in the shop one time, and, and they had this rattle, and he finally found it. And, and uh, when he went to go look in a firewall or something like that, he said and it was a bottle, and they opened it up. He opened up, there was a note in it, you finally found me. Someone that was, you know. So anyway, there's four things that will keep your heart healthy. Number one, can I just tell you what number one is? Jesus. Jesus. Stay in love with him. If you start with him, finish with him. Come on. It's a love affair. I'm not going to fall out of love. You're going, he's going, I ain't going to fall out of love with you. It's us. He's faithful. Even when we remain faithless, he still remains faithful. And so he's, he's got, a, he got, he got something for you. He loves you. Can I make a confession? I'm in love with a man. Lord Jesus, help Pastor Bubba. His name's Jesus. It's a lifelong commitment. To follow wisdom requires a change of heart. When Tracy and I walk down the aisle, it'll be, almost, it'll be 31 years in August. And we walk down that aisle. My commitment was not to her. My commitment was to Jesus, to God, that I would be faithful and true to her. First, I'd be faithful and true to him, and I'd be faithful and true to her. And that's like, like if you got a Cadillac, no, better than that. If you have a Ferrari in the garage that's red, and it can do 0 to 60 in 2.6 seconds, that's like a Yugo coming to you go, you want to trade? Hey, honey. You go, no, I got a Ferrari in the garage. I ain't going to go for no Yugo. You go. Get out of here. Man or woman. You see, I believe this is when, when our hearts are full of fear and anxiety, what should we do? Can I just tell you something? Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Remember when they were afraid, he says, be of good cheer, guys. I used to watch that show. Remember, you remember that show? Be of good cheer, underdog is here. Remember underdog, anyway? Hey, be of good cheer, for Jesus is here. He don't have to bust out his thing and has a big J on it. He just shows up. Because he said, the Bible says he never leaves us and he never forsakes us. He's there. We just got to call on him. We got to depend upon him. You see, I believe, don't live in the prison of discouragement. Faith frightens the enemy. Do you know that faith really frightens the enemy? What do you mean, Pastor Baba? I believe this. Because, see, it's not like that old Carmen song, you know, where Carmen was up there and they were in the boxing ring and it was going to be Carmen and the devil. You remember that? Y'all need to pray for Carmen because he's walking through cancer. Okay? And he just had a, he had a bad heart thing about a week ago. And what happened is, I mean, he's up there, and, you know, they're, they're doing this big thing, like it's a Rocky thing, you know, you know, Apollo Creed and Rocky, and, you know, we will beat you, Rocky, you know. It's a, doing a Mario. Yeah. <laughs> and so what happens is, I believe this, faith is like this. When you call on the Lord, it's a two-hit fight. Jesus shows up. Hits the devil, and he hits the pavement. That's it. The fight's over with. There's no one to compare to Jesus. The enemy doesn't even compare to him. Doesn't. 
See, I believe this. The church is the local expression of the presence of Jesus. You know my greatest eyes when people walk in here, they go, man, I feel loved. I feel accepted. I feel convicted. I want to change. I want to love God because I visited that place. It's a place of safety. It's a place of security. It's a place you're going to be successful in your walk with God. The people won't judge you but help you. If there needs to be correction, it's only to bring direction right back to where you got off course. How many of you have ever gotten off course? Thank God for the people that came and spoke into your life. We're just a local expression of the presence. See, the most important thing in your life is your personal relationship with Jesus. A yes to Jesus is a yes to life and life more abundantly. The second thing is that I believe is generosity. We should have a generous heart. This should be our, our DNA. We're free to give. What do you mean? You and I are running a marathon, not a sprint. A marathon is where you learn. A marathon is you train. A marathon is you prepare. How many of you know that every day before you go out the house, you need to be preparing your heart before the Lord? Amen. Every day you need to be going, you know what? I've learned this is that I don't need to pray when things are bad. I need to have a schedule so I am praying. Because if you don't make a schedule, you won't pray. Does that make sense? And if you don't set something in your heart, you're not going to do it. Yeah, listen, hell is paved with good intentions. People that want to change, people that want to be different, people that want to allow things to be different in their heart. But see, what has to happen is gifts don't tell you a whole lot about the persons. You know, we, we chase people that have gifts. But about the person, it tells you a whole lot about who God is, really. Because those gifts come from him, some of them without repentance. They're his gifts. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And we don't need to be flaunting them. Like it's ours, they're on loan. Come on. You take care of it. You see, generosity, practice doesn't make things perfect. It just makes things permanent. And so for many of us, it's just practicing. So it becomes a permanent thing in our lives. You know, as a pastor, when I became a pastor, I began to learn that, you know, sometimes God would wake me up in the middle of the night and he would show me some of your faces and I'd start praying for you. That used to not happen to me until I was a senior pastor. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Amen. And it's not just this church anymore. It's, it's in Crowley. It's in Eunice and the great things God's doing. Because the cool thing is if everybody showed up, there's not enough room in the sanctuary. But the incredible thing is God loves it. When we come to the point, we say, God, use me. What does that mean? Sometimes that means buying meals for people. Paying for gas. A couple years ago, Pastor Josh and I did a video about generosity. And we went around paying for gas for people. Went to the gas. We just stay at the gas station and go, hey, before you fill up, can, I, can we just fill up your tank? I said, what? Remember that one? There was a lady. She was at the gas station. The tobacco plate. Hey, Leroy, bring that tin back. <laughs> Remember that? Bring that tin back. They go fill my tank. We went, we went to Piggly. We have it on video. We can show old, old things. We went to Piggly Wiggly, and people were checking out their things. And, they, and right before they were about to pay, we pull out because paid by Jesus. What? We just want to let you know Jesus loves you, and we just want to bless you today. And that was the show. You know what I mean? But it was really to start something about something in our hearts that we need to be generous. We need to be thinking not about ourselves but others. And it unlocks issues. It opens up God's generosity. You know, life begins when, when a person learns to give their faith away to others. That's when life really begins, when you start giving your faith away. It's one thing to talk about. See, my life vision is to help others succeed. It's to pour yourself into others, to be an instrument of God, for God, to other people. What does that mean? God, let me just say this. God is in a good mood. God is in a very good mood this morning. You know, he loves you, and he wants to be generous to you this morning. And sometimes we wake up and go, God's a... God ain't in a bad mood. God's in a good mood. What, what, what you're seeing is maybe your shame, your guilt, hello, hello, things you're trying to cover, and you think because you're doing something, God's looking there. I'm going to get you back. 
The reason you stubbed your toe today because I put that rock there just for you. It's sad, but people think that. I had an aunt. Her name was Aunt Mabel. She was mean. And she goes, you know, when little children are afraid of the thunder and the lightning, God's mad at them. Did you see that streak? Weren't you afraid? I'm being a little kid. and go, God's mad at me in, st- in storms. The third thing is this. You don't hear a lot about it today, but it was very important to the generations before us, my grandfather and him. We need a heart of honor. We need a culture of honor. Where you reverend, respect, you elevate people. You know how you honor someone? Don't talk about yourself. Honor that person. Honor authority. Honor your pastor. Honor Pastor Josh and Lindsay. Honor. One of the greatest things, when I went to Crowley a couple weeks ago, and my son began to introduce me, and he just began to honor me. And it's like, I was like, dang, I ain't that good. You forgot about all them whippings I gave you. Just begin to honor me. See, I've learned this. Honor up, honor down, and honor to the side. Honor all around you. Honor. Honor with your mouth. Honor with your actions. Honor by what you do. We have a guy that's one of my good friends. And the way we came one day, we were in the front, in the, where the four years used to be our church. And we were packed out. We didn't have any more seats. And I, I went and got a seat for him and his wife. And I just began to, yeah, I'm sorry we don't have any seats. Just began to talk to him and honor him. And, and the cool thing is now we're good, good friends. We're going to spend vacation with them. They don't even live here. They live in Atlanta. And it's just honor. Always honor people. Can I just say this? Always believe the best. Don't have a suspicious heart because people will see it in your eyes. People feel it. You got to believe in people. Then it was funny. I, was, I had to drop Luke off because I was going to eat at Sabrina and Denny's. And Tracy and I, and I had to drop Luke off at practice. And I was saying, man, son, go. Go have a good game. He's a catcher. And, be, you know, you're going to do it. You know, he had some good hits the other night. Man, you did great the other night. And I went to go pat him on the shoulder. Have a great game. You know, just as a cool, you know, like, get him, boy. Okay, Dad. You know. And I went to go do that. And he goes, ah, he had a sunburn. <laughs> Trying to honor him, build him up. And, ah, I forgot about it all, you know. <laughs> but it's sad. Because, see, as a pastor, I can come up here and I can preach to you, but if I have a wound of not being honored, I can't preach it. But if I have a scar, you can preach in your scars. Because the scar says what you've walked through, what you've been through, and it's not there anymore. It's healed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And, see, I believe this. You can learn from other people anytime, anywhere, and anyhow. If God can use a donkey in the Bible, he can use anybody. And the fourth and final thing is, if you want to have a good, you want to have heart health, it's always about the one. It's always about the one. Guard it. That we are aware of people in our surroundings. You learn to weep with the mom. Their son or daughter has rebelled against them and all authority. And they're heading down a, a path, and maybe they've had to tell them to leave the house. I heard a quote one time, you're never happy as your saddest child. You walk through that, that mom, and it's, it's painful. Or the person that's sick, you know, that just walking through a moment, a season in their life where they're just sick. Someone that's lonely. Because they haven't extended a hand for anybody to help them, they become lonely and they become depressed. Then they become oppressed. It's learning to go to that person and and let them and begin to help them and encourage them. Encourage means you learn to pour courage into someone else. You just begin to pour courage into their heart. 
You learn to weep with those people. You learn to listen and counsel them back to wholeness from brokenness. You care for people. It's one thing to say you care, but it's another thing that you show up and you care for people. You just care. You see, a call. Sometimes it's just a little call. How you doing, man? I'm so glad you called. That means a lot to me. I have, I've had this at times where I've called people and say, hey, how you doing? I've never had a pastor call me. I was shocked. Are you kidding me? Unless, unless I was gone a while and they needed the tide that called me. Okay. I'm going to offend you right now, but that's Okay. I'll just say, if you can't love people past the parking lot, you don't need to be in this church. Go find another church if you can't love people past the parking lot. Because it's easy to love people in here because we put it on our church face. Hey, hey, how's it going? Good, good. I won't see you till next week. Yeah. Can I just say something? Passion's contagious. It's just contagious. When you're passionate, everyone everyone has eyes to see, but you will have eyes. See, this is what my prayer is. All of us have eyes to see things, but you know what my prayer is? That God would give us eyes to understand things in people's hearts. There's a big difference that you understand. That doesn't mean I know everything you go through. Listen, I can't go, I can't tell Joe Biden, hey, I understand what you're going through. I would never, I would never insult him by saying that. But I would say this, I have compassion for what you're walking through. But you know, God is able to help you if you look to him. He'll help you walk through this. There's a valley. But God in that valley is always trying to get you to the mountain to be in his presence. You see, it's about the one. Satan always attacks hardest at the point of your greatest gifting. What do you mean? At your greatest gifts, that's where the enemy wants to go. And you know the way the enemy wants to ruin us is when we're young. He wants to take our hearts and mar our hearts and scar our hearts and mess us up and give us a bad view of who God really is. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Then we go to college and they tell you God's not even there. You're not even sitting in your chair. Exponentialism. There's all kinds of just stuff they teach you that you go, that doesn't even make sense. But if you go through it long enough, you go, man, that guy's wise. Then you go back to your parents' house and go, you're stupid. We sent you there all that time to learn that? What have they done to you? They've dumbed you down. See, the reality for all of us You get passionate for people to come out of darkness and finding light. You see, we could do a test. We could turn off all the lights in here, and it would get dark. Someone's playing with the lights. I see. Just turn them down. Turn them off for a second. All the. Can you do that? They're figuring it out. Can you do that? All of it, all the way. You get the screen. Okay. Now, when I tell you to turn on the lights, pop them on quick. Okay, turn on the lights. See, that's how people live. They live in darkness. You ever run into things in the middle of the dark? My wife usually closes the door. I usually close the door, but sometimes a kid will sneak in. That doesn't happen very often anymore. But you're getting up in the morning, and you don't see it. And you're walking, you think you're getting ready to go down the hall, get your cup of coffee, and all of a sudden you go, bang, and the door meets you right there. That's life. Because in darkness you don't see. But all of a sudden when you find Jesus, the Bible says he's the light of the world. He exposes. And all of a sudden you can see where your feet are heading. You can have direction in your life. God brings direction. Are you hearing me? The world just blinds us. Am I in the right church this morning? You see, you need a survey where you're at. Passion comes from the heart. 
out of the outflow of your heart, God will bless you. Be faithful to check the health of your heart. God, give me heart examination. Believing in a lie empowers a liar. I just want you to understand that. When you start believing a lie that the enemy puts in your heart, you empower him. When you start believing the truth, you empower him. See, I, I've learned this. Heaven is filled with perfect confidence and peace. How many of you believe that? While this world is filled with chaos and mistrust, we always reflect the nature or our heart of the world we're most aware of. We just reflect what we're aware of. If we're more aware of a lie, we're going to reflect the lie. If we're more aware of the light and the truth, we're going to reflect that no matter where we go. You will become radiant. You see, we always reflect the nature. Experience, and that's where you begin to experience God's grace. It's not my ability, but it's my response to God's ability that counts. It's not me. It's him. That you know God is, how many know God is good no matter what you're going through? That you can be thankful in the middle of a crisis. You can go, God, you're with me. Don't isolate yourself in crisis times. That's where you need to grab someone and hold my hand. Encourage me. Help me. Don't isolate yourself. Don't, you know, you never receive what you refuse to pursue. See, if you, you're not going to receive encouragement if you don't pursue it. You're not going to receive freedom unless you start pursuing freedom. You're not going to receive power unless you begin to serve the one that holds all the power that's the power broker of the world. You won't receive the power of the Holy Spirit unless you seek it. Are you hearing me? You won't get a miracle unless you just go, hey, I'm believing for a miracle. I don't care. I'm believing for a miracle. I'm saying that to myself. I'm believing for a miracle. I'm, not just for me, but for little Joel. And there's people here this morning, Miss Ruby, you need a miracle in your leg. I could point people out here this morning, you need a miracle. You know what you need to do? You need to get close to the miracle maker. Just get up close. Sit on his lap. Like my little grandson this morning. I, I, Claire and Zach are living with us for about 30 days. Pray. <laughs> they have four children and she's pregnant. So this morning I get up early and I, I didn't know they, Peter was like in the living room. I didn't wake him up. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm thinking, I hear, the, I hear the hall door, and it's usually my wife. She's usually up before everybody. And all of a sudden, Eli comes out, and he opens, straight goes to the food. Doesn't even say, hi, Papa. No, he did go, hi, Papa. He opened the door. You looking for that cereal? Yeah, I found it. He comes, sits down, pours the cereal. I get the milk out. And all of a sudden, I hear, <laughs> it's Peter, the little one. I said, I'll go get him. I get over there, and, I, and he, he's funny. I go, he looks like Zach in baby farm without the whiskers. And I go, Peter. And you just go, Peter. He goes, I mean, this is what you did. Go, Peter. He'll stop. You go, Peter. And so I, I get up this. I mean, I'm holding him on my lap, feeding my grandson. Olivia comes out, and Claire goes, I didn't. Oh, it's okay. Now, look, I don't do that every morning. I don't want to do that every morning. I love my grandkids, but I don't want to do that every morning. But you know what they were doing? He wanted his milk. He wanted his cereal. He was pursuing it, and he received what he was pursuing. Peter was wanting to lift out of the playpen that he was sleeping in. He got what he, he was pursuing. Someone get me out, okay? And see, for you and I... You got to pursue him. See, if you're discouraged, is mate, you might not be pursuing what you need to be pursuing. You don't receive what you don't pursue. Hear that's a truth. Are you hearing me? That's just a little nugget. You see, God wants to do more to set you free. He wants to establish you. Faith sees the invisible. It believes the unbelievable and it receives the impossible. I love the story where Enoch is walking with God every day. He's walking in the cool of day with God. And they're talking. 
Hey, you knock, how's it going? Man, God, it's going good today. Man, I'm, man look at that, that tree you made. That's incredible. Man, you are so good. And this grass you weave up, man, this is soft grass. I'm taking my sandals off on this. And God, the Bible says, God loved hanging out with Enoch, and Enoch loved hanging out with God. And they walked so far one day, and God looked at Enoch and said, hey, you know what? We're closer to my house than we are your house. Let's just go into my house. And you know what? God wants to walk with us. And when he walks with us, he just wants us to know, hey, I love hanging out with you. Because see, let me just say this. Some of you have wounds that you haven't allowed God to heal. And it hadn't become a scar, but it's a wound. And sometimes it could have been when you were young that someone said, I don't like you. I don't, you, you look this way or you like your mama, you like your daddy or whatever it is. And those things, when we were young, begin to affect what we are. And then we begin to pursue things beside, other than God. And we begin to pursue alcohol, drugs, pornography. You just name it, lying, measuring up, success, money. You begin to name, and we think that that has to be our identity. That if we get into that, all of a sudden something, and when I read the paper in Jennings, every single day, it makes me so mad. It breaks my heart. There's a kid. It doesn't matter the color of their skin, but there's some young person under 25 that's going to jail because of drugs, alcohol, domestic violence, whatever it is. And my, my heart is like, I'm sick and tired of seeing all this. When can we see someone, hey, he's on the front page, used to do drugs, used to be, now he's this. He was a dope head, now he's a hope head. Bringing hope. See, I'm sick and tired of it. It grieves my heart. Why is that? Because somewhere along the line, maybe they had a wound. Their daddy didn't spend time with them. Their mama slapped them in Walmart in front of everybody. They didn't have time given to them. They weren't fed lunch every day like a child should have. Just someone wasn't there. Can I just tell you something? I'll wrap it up. I didn't know I was going to end it like this. God is all about. I've learned this about God. The first time Jesus showed up around the disciples, disciples invited Jesus into their boat. You remember that? They invited him in their boat. The Bible says they questioned him. They were questioned, who is this? You ever have someone, you're kind of sizing them up? There was a question mark. But the next three visits they make in a boat, Jesus invites them in it. And every time Jesus invites the disciples in a boat, do you remember what happened? There was a storm. Listen, if Jesus invited you in his boat, don't get in it. You just learn. wait, last two, time, last two times we were in a storm, I ain't getting in the boat. See, they went from the last time they saw Peter. Remember, Jesus walking on the water, and Peter, can I come out there and meet you, Lord? And they did. And, and when they did, and got in the boat. And the Bible says they, go, they began to bow down and worship him. And they said, this must be God. Exclamation point. Went from a question to an exclamation point. Are you hearing me? God wants to take your doubts and your questions and take that crooked line and straighten it out and make it an exclamation point. Where he comes in your life and says, listen, I love you. I know about the wounds that you have, but can we just put a little oil on that wound and let that wound get healed up? And when that wound may become a scar, but that scar will remind you of my faithfulness that I helped you walk through whatever you face. Can I just say that as your pastor, I love you. And the worst thing you can see is someone that walks in a place like church and they walk out with their head down, discouraged, filled with doubts. See, the reason we have double doors is we want you to walk out bigger than you came. What do you mean? Because your spirit is probably hungry 
We don't, we, we don't want to spoon feed you. We want to give you bucket loads that you can go back. And during the week when Pastor Josh or me or one of the other pastors are here, or we have a, a visitor come and speak, that you go, wait a minute, I got to take this mountain load of truth and, and learn to digest this during the week. That I can search the word and see if this is really for me, if this is what you're talking about. This is how you want me to live. Because, see, my desire for you is that you live in victory. What does that mean? I hear, no, we will live in victory. Victory means that you are an overcomer. What used to overcome you, now you overcome in God. How many of you got a few things you still got to overcome? How many of you, maybe you say, Pastor, you know what? I got some wounds that I needed. I hadn't been bringing them to Jesus. But today, I'm going to bring those wounds. And he's going to take that wound, and he's going to make it a scar. How about you today? Anybody like that? Listen. God wants to touch you. God wants to minister to you. God wants to heal you because that is the power of the gospel. That you came a certain way, but you left. You left. You came broken, but you can't. You left. God bringing, making wholeness where there was brokenness. Amen. Where there was heaviness, God brought gladness. That you walk out of here, not having the mully grubs anymore, but that you walk out of here going, you know what? God's good. It's like going to get a steak. How many like eating steaks? I mean, a good, juicy steak. I mean, they bring it to you and it's still sizzling. And then it's so good, you got to pick your teeth and you chew that and it gets better than what they had when they brought it to you. Can I tell you? That's the gospel. When it's good, you go, mmm, mmm. And then during the week, mmm. That truth, Pastor Josh, that word, mmm, that tastes good. Y'all going gross. That means y'all don't flush y'all's teeth often. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for every person here today. Lord, I thank you for those that are, that are here. It is the right moment, the right time for this word. Because, Lord, some walked in here dejected, wounded. And every time someone rubs up against them and they hit that wound, it reminds them of that moment. Lord, today, I ask for your healing oil, your healing oil to heal those wounds. God, God, they would go from a wound to a scar. And that scar would represent a testimony, a story of what you were able to do. I pray for those that they haven't allowed their heart to be directed in the right way. They've opened their heart to things they shouldn't open their heart to. Father, I pray today that that, God, we would repent. We would ask you to forgive us, Father, for believing a lie, believing something that doesn't add, doesn't bring life, doesn't bring wholeness. And, Lord, we thank you for your light shining in the areas that we've allowed, we've hidden in, in darkness. And that, God, that you would expose those things, our motives, why we do what we do and who we do them for. That, God, we would turn our motive from doing it for other people to please them or doing it for ourselves, but to do it, but to honor you, to please you. Maybe you heard this morning, you say, Pastor, I know that I've been holding back and I need to give my whole heart to Jesus. The Bible says that if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father in heaven. God's coming and he's speaking to you. You say, Pastor, I need to give my heart to Jesus. I, I want all of him and I've been holding back, but I want to I want to say, I want all of him. If that's you, just raise your hands, and I'll pray for you this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all over this place. Anyone else? Thank you. You can put it down. Anyone? Thank you. Thank you. Father, you saw those hands that, have been, that just were raised. And Lord, thank you for your love, that you would, just, you would love us enough that you would, you would just convict us. You wouldn't condemn us. You would draw us to yourself. 
And God, as we're drawn to you, that you would bring freedom, you would bring life, you would bring wholeness, you would bring power in our life where we didn't have it before. And that God, that we would be different because we would begin to hang out with you. We would begin to allow what you have get a little bit on us. And so, Father, I pray for those that have raised their hands that they would just, just pray this prayer with me, everyone. Say, Lord Jesus, come on, pray with me. Lord Jesus, I come. Forgive me for my sins. There have been many. Take my guilt and my shame and replace them with acceptance, with wholeness. The Bible says, if I confess my sins, that you are faithful and just to forgive me of all my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I need your power. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, your great gift to help me see, to help me live a way that pleases you. In Jesus' name.